Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And this is Jamie Rutsky coming to you from Land O'Lakes. Yeah, we're back in Land O'Lakes, Wisconsin, for another exciting episode of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And we are going to have a guest with us tomorrow on the Lighter Side of Baseball, Craig Kashan. So we're excited about that. Craig's working us in between the Milwaukee Bucks playoff run. They play the Nets game one tomorrow night at 6.30. I'm going to be watching. I mean, actually, that's a pretty good uh, series between the Milwaukee Bucks and the uh, uh, Brooklyn Nets. So by the time you hear this podcast, uh, you know, the series will be probably two or three games in. You never know how quick we can get this posted. Our production crew has been on vacation. We've been on vacation, and we're excited to be back. Back on Spotify, back on Apple iTunes, back, 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 just like home runs. The American League, National League totals of home runs, Major League Baseball. I got to say, I haven't done any research, but I bet if you compare 2019 to 2021, uh, I bet 2021 is ahead. The dead ball is a bunch of baloney. Baloney, another sales job by Mighty Manfred the Wonder Dog. That's not true, but who cares? Because baseball is back and on a really, really positive note. The Chicago Cubs had a hot May. Number one or number two in uh, all of baseball. Now, how they do it, we're going to cover that. We're going to explain. We're going to go in depth in analyzing the Chicago Cubs. And maybe when Craig's on, we'll go in depth at analyzing the Milwaukee Brewers. But I got to tell you, the trade for Willie Adamas, a shortstop, uh, the Brewers gave away a couple pitchers out of their bullpen. It seems like they recreate uh, pitchers in the bullpen. Every couple days, a new guy comes in and does a great job. So kudos to the farm system of the Milwaukee Brewers. Kudos to the the, uh, the Cubs. I, I mean, I hate to be complimenting Jed Hoyer, but thank goodness Theo's gone because we are turning the corner. And how about Craig Kimbrell? Kimbrell's unhittable right now. What happened? He even took the pine tar off the cap of his of his hat, and he's still pitching lights out. Yeah, you know, I said it first. I tell you what, on the lighter side, everybody's doing a podcast now. But the best podcast available is right here. So you folks have been lucky for the last two and a half years. You've got me. And every now and then I can dig up a guest that's not named Craig Kashan. Dwayne Stats has been pretty busy. John Wathan, I think I can get at Bobby Denier the other day. So, well, you know, we're going to get a little bit more enthusiastic because I'm pumped about the baseball season. I'm pumped about some of these teams that are doing really well. But how about baseball in general? Did you know that there are 10 teams, that's one-third of all of Major League Baseball, that has full capacity capability? Now, that's not to say that every night the Kansas City Royals are going to put 40,000 seats in the stands. Nope. And I don't mean seats like you sit in. I mean seats like you sit on. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be light today. Yeah, I mean, it's raining at the lake. Boat got in, waiting for another boat. All right, back to the full-capacity teams. Just no rhyme or reason. The Astros and the Rangers, of course, we're not going to talk politics, but Greg Abbott, governor of the great state of uh, uh, Shoot'em Up, Texas, 
Uh, those two teams are full capacity. Don't anybody get all irritated. I'm not making a political comment. I'm just saying that Abbott and Costello, the lieutenant governor, Abbott and Costello, get it? Uh, you know, they had the World Series last year, and they had plenty of people. No reason not to come. Bring a mask. Uh, bring a drink. Bring whatever you want. So you got the Astros and the Rangers. Then you got the Atlanta Braves at full capacity. The Brewers are at 50%, and the uh, Cubs are at 60%. The Diamondbacks, 100%. The Indians, 100%. Uh, interestingly, the um, Orioles are at 100%. The Rangers are at 100%. The Reds are at 100%. The Red Sox are at 100%. The Rays, God love the Rays and their broadcast team. They're at 80%. The Royals, 100%. The Tigers, 100%. And I got to believe that soon the Cubs and the White Sox will be at 100%. Right now they're at 60%. They're waiting for the governor and the mayor to do something. But I think uh, the, the fact that they have not communicated with their season ticket holders in the least, that would be me. Uh, and we've got the Cardinals coming into town on June 11th. And today, we're going to call today Lou Gehrig Day. June 2nd, 2021. And isn't that appropriate for the Iron Horse, Lou Gehrig, Larrapin Lou, to have a day finally named after him? So by my calculations, we have three players with uh, days nationally. Jackie Robinson, and then we've got a new one in Lou Gehrig. And we're going to have Roberto Clemente. So, why does Babe Ruth get screwed out of a day? You know, why in the world, maybe the best baseball player ever, ever, Babe Ruth, who could pitch, hit, throw, why don't we have a Babe Ruth day? I don't get that at all. Give Babe some respect. And Hank Aaron, we need a Hank Aaron day. And we need a mini Minoso day for the Cubans. And then, of course, being politically correct, we need an Ichiro day. And then I think we need a day. Uh, there was a catcher. Uh, I don't know who he played for, but he was from Australia. So the game has really become very international. We're honoring uh, heroes of the past. And nobody deserves it better than Lou Gehrig. The streak the streak will live forever, even though Ripken broke that streak, and nobody's going to break Ripken's streak, just like nobody's going to break Joe DiMaggio's streak. 56 games, never be touched. But I'm back on my Joe DiMaggio diet. Yeah, this is uh, day four of 56. Come on, baby. I'm going to make it this time. I have a plan. I have a great plan. Now, it's not going to cut into my hot dog sampling or my uh, Italian beef sampling, might cut into my pizza sampling uh, because I'm trying to stay away from bread, you know. And it's working. It's working for all you guys out there that need to drop some weight. Do my Joe DiMaggio 56-game streak diet. It'll be out in a book in paperback soon. So just hold tight. Hold tight. Paperback coming out. What you do on day one, game one, game two, game five, game 56. Now... Can we get to 56? Will we break the streak at 57? You're going to have to follow because now, with all the exciting baseball being played in Chicago 
and other places. So I think we're going to have to step up our game here a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about the White Sox. We're going to talk a lot about the Cubs. We're going to talk about the Padres. We're going to talk about the Brewers. We're going to talk about the Cardinals. So let's talk about where we are on issues. Number one issue that I think I'd like to address briefly is the ball and foreign substance on hats. You'll recall that this broadcast, this podcast, was the first to identify what's going on with all these pitchers that have stuff on their leg and stuff on their hat. It's clear that they are trying to enhance their grip with a foreign substance, which is illegal if you want to follow the rules, which Major League Baseball doesn't seem to want to follow the rules until it becomes a controversy, reference PEDs. They knew it was going on. Mr. Selig knew it was going on. Everybody knew it was going on. I'm not sure they knew how widespread it was, but they did nothing about it because it was leading to home runs, bringing back baseball. After the strike, you had Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire in that spectacular home run hitting duel in 1996, which only was equaled by Mickey Mandel and Roger Maris in 1960. Those home run duels by known players bring out the crowd. You know, there was a slogan 10 years ago, chicks dig the long ball. Well, for you young listeners, chicks are, we're not referring to farm animals. We were, we're referring to women, and we are also referring to home runs. So there was a belief that, you know, it was pretty cool to have a home run hitting battle of well-known guys, Mantle and Maris. Maris finally pulled away after Mantle got hurt and hit his 61 home runs, made MVP two years in a row. So I ask you, why is Roger Maris not in the Hall of Fame? Beats me. Come on. Roger Maris, Buck O'Neill. There are a lot of guys. Cecil Cooper, uh, Fred McGriff. They're guys that ought to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, And you know from my last podcast or a podcast or two ago, I'm kind of you know, going back and forth on this Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Pete Rose, Joe Jackson, entry into the Hall of Fame. Now, come on, baseball writers of America, clean up your act and have a steroid wing in the Hall of Fame. That's what I do. Anyway, so foreign substance and the ball. Remember at the beginning of the year, Major League Baseball said, well, you know, we're going to adjust the yarn on the inside of the ball by 0.000451%. And that will lead to the balls traveling two to four feet shorter upon perfect contact, according to StatCast, Sabermetrics, and every other idiot that relies heavily on these statistical analyses by Harvard guys that are now infiltrating baseball just like, you know, bad vegetation infiltrating your lake. You don't like it, I don't like it, we don't like it here on the lighter side of baseball because, frankly, you don't need some goofy statistical analysis to tell you that J.D. Martinez is having a great comeback year. 
or that Chris Bryant is having a great comeback here. So there are so many issues circulating around. The ball, I tell you what, is not any different. It may even be livelier. Home runs are flying. The Cubs finally scored a run that didn't come by virtue of a home run yesterday. Um, and that was on a frigging error. But, uh, the, the Padres are self-destructing, and I'm not sure why. Um, it could go to my dog effect. With every dog, there's a bad team. Machado, dog. Harper, dog. Bauer, now. I may have missed it on Bauer. Guys lights out pitching-wise, but he's the guy that came out. He's controversial. I, he kind of, I, I don't read anybody's blog. I don't follow anybody on Informo, inf, whatever that is. Twitter, Instagram, I don't follow any of the Facebook guys. But Bauer would be somebody that you probably want to follow. He's pretty controversial. He talked about a lot of different things. And, and we'll get into a couple different things because my brain has got so much in it today. It's just a great day. Okay, the balls are flying out. Guys are putting stuff on their hat and using that to grip. And so uh, a player I can't even remember got asked to remove his hat, get a new hat, and he didn't get thrown out of the game. So the next day, Kimbrell went to Joe West, who just set the record. There's another uh, interesting situation. Joe West became the umpire who has umpired more Major League Baseball games than any other umpire in the history, and he beat out Bill Clem, who can't who can't forget Bill Clem, that great Hall of Fame umpire. So Joe West is going in the Hall of Fame. Oh my God, that'll be an interesting induction speech, one that you got to be there for. And I'll be there. Uh, you know, I don't like Joe West. He sued a podcaster. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, enough on that. But Kimbrell comes out and asks. Joe West about the, you know, the controversy. And apparently Joe said, clean up your act, because Kimbrell came out yesterday with a new hat. Didn't mean anything. Kimbrell is lights out. If I ever criticize Theo for going out and getting Kimbrell, he is no Morrow. Remember Morrow, here today, gone tomorrow. Remember that guy, Morrow? You Cub fans out there, you remember, we paid him 25 or $30 million, and they claimed Joe Adden, who I think is the best manager in baseball, ruined his arm. So, you know, and I apologize for the little crackle-dackle there. Maybe I'm going to wake you guys up with that crackle-dackle, but it's my microphone, my podcast microphone that I need to go get a new one. Anyway, so we've talked about the baseball. We've talked about the um, foreign substance. We've talked about Joe West. These are all near and dear to my heart. Let's, And I think we might have touched upon it the other day because I was talking a, a little bit about Bauer and all the goofy stuff he says. I'm on the same side as Bauer on most of this stuff. Um, the other day, well, there's always this unwritten rule, and, you know, there's a lot of unwritten rules. For example, yesterday in Los Angeles, the Dodgers were up by 14 runs. I guess they were up by 13 runs in the, in the eighth inning. Uh, somebody got a hit with guys on second and third, and the 14th run came in, and the, 
The 15th run could have scored, but the third base coach put the stoplight up and the guy didn't run through it. Although a lot of runners are running through third base coaches' stop signs lately. Anyway, unwritten rule, you don't lay down a bunt to beat a no-hitter. Uh, you remember Mercedes-Benz of the White Sox, who was having a spectacular year. Uh, Mercedes, and I, I, we might have addressed this before, but he had a uh, chance at 3-0, with the White Sox leading by a ton of runs and a outfielder pitching to take a 3-0 pitch into the bleachers. His manager, Tony Thuggy LaRussa, took issue with it and uh, you know said that he wouldn't play. He was going to punish him. He needed to learn to respect the game like Tony LaRussa. <laughs> and uh, so when all of the White Sox stuck up for their man Mercedes-Benz, and Bauer said, hey, you know, he flipped a bat, do whatever you want. I don't care. You know, my job is to get you out, and if you hit a home run, I don't, you know, as long as you don't, you know, do anything to my teammates that's disrespectful other than flip a bat and yell and cheer. There's a whole new bunch of rules now that the players live by that don't have anything to do with being cool. I mean, it's just, uh, that's what, that's what it is. So, another funny play happened the other day, and I got tons of calls and emails from people saying, oh my God, El Mago is El Mago. Uh, you just can't even put your head down when Javi Baez is on the ball field because something is going to magically occur. So Baez hit a routine ground ball to shortstop for the Pirates who threw a bit wildly to first base, although the first baseman caught the ball and Baez was heading down the line toward first base when, for no particular reason, Javi stopped. Now, Little leaguers, pony leaguers, minor leaguers, every first baseman who's ever played the game knows, hey, when a guy throws it to me on an infield ground ball and I catch the ball if I come off the base, I just tag first base and the guy's out. Now, if the throw draws me off the bag and you've got an aggressive base runner who might know how to run the bases and he does a little hook slide, then I have to go tag the guy because I'm off the base. My foot's not on the base. Here... Javi, about two-thirds of the way down the base pass, stops. And for some reason, the first baseman, who's not their regular first baseman, nor is their regular first baseman their regular first baseman, because the Pirates are the biggest offender of dump your good guys because we don't want to pay anybody anything ever, you know. They've gotten rid of how do you how do you get rid of Garrett Cole? You know how do the Tigers get rid of Verlander? How do they get rid of Josh Bell? And how does he end up on the Nationals anyway? Uh, Josh Bell isn't exactly known for his Gold Glove antics around first base, but he's better than this guy. So anyway, get back to the story. The guy instead of tagging first starts chasing Javi, and El Mago damn near goes out of the base path across the third baseline. He got back to home plate, back to the batter's box, so he's not out of the baseline. And along comes Nelson Contreras, 
steaming down the baseline from third base, and he does a hook slide. And so the first baseman, who didn't tag first base and didn't tag Baez, throws the ball to the catcher, and the umpire signals, safe, safe, safe. Slid under, under the horrible throw to try to tag him. So Contreras is safe, but his run won't count if they go step on first base or tag Javi. Well, they ain't going to tag Javi because he's dancing around the base paths. So the catcher decides, I'm going to throw it to first base, but hey, the first baseman's over there next to the catcher. The second baseman's kind of being a spectator, and by the time he starts running to first base, the catcher doesn't really lead him very well, throws behind the into right field, and Javi ends up on second. It was the goofiest play, and everybody's comments were, they've never seen a play like that, and the Pirate bench, they're, they're so far out of the game. The Pirates are like zombies. So not one guy yelled to the first baseman, tag first, tag first, tag bias, do anything. He's out. It's a force out. Hello, it's a force out. Now, I happen to be driving, listening to XM Radio, not a sponsor. Again, not a sponsor. But I'm listening to XM Radio to the Pittsburgh Pirate broadcast team, who I have said before, over the course of a year, and Steve Blass retired as their TV guy, but these guys are the radio guys, and they are so bad, it's not even funny. The one guy gets to read the starting lineup, and he goes, and the Cubs have Boat at second base. You know, at least learn the proper pronunciation of the guys in the lineup from the visiting team. But anyway, the Pirate broadcasters are so bad it's not funny, but so is their team. So not only does the team not yell at the guy, the catcher, the, the pitcher doesn't take charge, you know, it's not like there's 150,000 people in the ballpark at Pittsburgh. At PNC, their capacity may be whatever it is, but they don't get the uh, they don't get that big a crowd anyway. They're at 55 percent. So it's a pretty funny play, and everybody's crediting you know Baez. The credit is the fact that this first baseman lost his brain for three or four or five seconds. And it, it, you know, led to a couple of runs. And you know, Cubs are Cubs are hot. They're taking advantage of a lot of plays. One play they didn't take advantage. This was a screwy play yesterday. I don't know if anybody. And yeah, now you caught me. It's Lou Gehrig day plus one. Uh, so the Cubs have guys on first and second, and the batter hits a pop up behind shortstop. Now Tatis, who gets hurt now every couple of weeks. You know, three hundred and sixty million dollars, and the guy has on the been on the the ILDL for three times, and now they took him out because he had a uh, problem with his side. Now, there's a fancy medical term for your side. I don't know it. Don't care. At any rate, Tatis comes out, and Kim comes in. Now, as we saw in the Milwaukee game. Uh, when Kane came out near the end of the game, they had to put Hiura 
in left field, and as soon as they do that, he's never played left field in a major league game, ball gets hit to him. And the same thing happens in Little League and every other form of baseball. You put, like in Little League, you put the guy that maybe doesn't play the best baseball in the world in right field, and immediately the ball gets hit out to the guy. You know, he's a sixth inning sub, you're going to get him in, he's going to, He's, and most of the time, the guys in right field and Little League are pretty happy that they haven't been playing the whole game. Now, you know, that's not a fair characterization. But at any rate, this guy, Kim, I mean, he screwed up a couple plays at third. I mean, he's trying hard. He looks lost. You know, have you ever seen, like, a baseball player that looks lost in space? Kim, who played over in Japan, and interestingly for you Cub fans, was forced to move to third base from shortstop when none other than Addison Russell uh, came over and played last year in Japan. And by the way, Addison Russell joins my man Sammy Solis in Mexico playing. And, uh, you know, I hope Addy gets back to the major leagues, I think, without knowing the situation and... and uh, Goodness gracious, everybody knows there's no place in the world for any type of abuse, whether it be domestic abuse or whatever whatever abuse is that isn't domestic. I mean, you go punch a guy in a bar, Major League Baseball ought to, ought to be wondering if you have the temperament to play. And whatever Addy did, I don't know. And, you know, I don't know Addison Russell. He was on the 2016 World Series Championship Chicago Cubs team. Woo-hoo. And his autograph bat that I have would be a lot more valuable if he'd get his butt back to the American League or the National League, the United States, Major League Baseball. But probably not going to happen. I'm pulling for Yaddy. You know, I pulled for Al Weiss. I pulled for J.C. Martin. I pulled for the guys that are kind of on the lower end of the spectrum. But where in the world were we? We were talking about crazy plays and this poor guy, Kim. So here's back to the pop-up guys on first and second, and one out. Batter, I think it was uh, Wisdom was on second, and who is this guy Wisdom? Man, nobody had any wisdom to not bring this guy up before he comes up, and he, now he's like with uh, Gabby Hartnett as a Cub to hit more home runs in his first four games than anybody else besides Gabby Hartnett and a couple other guys. Anyway, who cares? Um, Spork lost in space. Kim guy goes out for the pop-up. And look, as I understand it, and I have not played in the major leagues, I've never been an infielder in the major leagues. And I, okay, we all understand that. I'm just a retired lawyer who likes baseball and misses his good friend Nelly, who, Nelly, who by the way, June 20th is uh, uh, coming up very quickly. So for Nelly's birthday, hopefully we'll get Murph and Grimsley and a few of the guys back on the uh, – Back on the podcast. But anyway, poor Kim. He runs out, doesn't hear anything. Now, the left fielder and the shortstop don't speak the same language. So I don't know what I got it. I got it is in English compared to um, Korean. But it didn't get communicated. And in comes Tommy Pham, and out goes Kim, and they collide sort of like Lenny Randall and Dave Nelson did, only the medical um, world at that time could not repair Nelly's leg to the point where he could really play 
top-level Major League Baseball again. It ended his career, basically. Hopefully that doesn't happen to Tommy Pham, who, by the way, was P.O.'d. So anyway, back to the play. Pop-up, behind. Now, the shortstop goes out for the ball. Number one question, you baseball fanatics. Shortstop's got a shot at the ball. Why didn't the umpire raise his hand and yell, infield fly roll? Because it doesn't have to be in the infield. As long as an infielder has a play on the ball with runners on first and second and less than two out, the infield fly rule applies, number one. Why didn't the umpire raise his hand and call infield fly? That would have gotten Pham to stop, most likely. But Pham didn't call him off. Kim didn't call him off. Nobody called him off. And they had this horrendous collision. And unseen by the camera, the broadcasters, and the Cub runners, when they collided and Kim had the ball for a second, it came out of his glove. But the two players fell in a pile, and you couldn't see the ball on the ground, you just from the angle of the camera and the angle of the base runners, you couldn't see it. So the Cubs had the actually the bases were loaded. Infield fly rule still applies, but so the runner on thirds watching this play and he figures the guy caught the ball, he tags up and he scores the run, and he's heading back to the dugout feeling pretty good about himself. When Kim, the guy that probably helped cause the situation, although Pham should have uh, deferred to the shortstop, I guarantee they would have deferred to Javi Baez, but not this guy Kim. Lost in space Kim. But Kim knows enough to pick up the ball, and he picks up the ball and he throws it to third base. And everybody's going, hey, wait, what? He, he tagged up. They must be challenging the tag. And then it became apparent about two minutes later, the umpires call Ross out. Kim throws to third. Machado gets it. Machado throws it over to second base. Double play. Run doesn't score. Run doesn't score. Even though the guy was basically walking back to the dugout with the run, it doesn't count because they got the force out at third and then the force out at second, a double play, no run. How about that? Goofy stuff happening on the lighter side of baseball, and it is awesome. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a little break. We're going to get a little music here. We've been at it for a little while. I am pumped. We're going to talk about the Cubs and what's going on with the Cubs' offense and their bullpen compared to the Brewers' bullpen, who has gotten all this great press for years and great counsel. How about David Ross? I mean, hats off to David Ross and the former manager of the San Diego Padres, who I contend should still be the manager of the San Diego Padres. I think it's David Green. Anyway, uh, the the Padres have too good a team. This manager is, is way, way, way over his head. Uh, and so anyway, that's my opinion. And you know what? Big deal. I have an opinion. And uh, we have Padre followers. Love the pods, man. They have made small market teams. The rest of them should be embarrassed. Milwaukee, embarrassed. Kansas City, embarrassed. Uh, Tampa Bay, God love them. I mean, those guys, unbelievable. So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of those things. Thanks for listening. You guys, this is fun. Talk to you in a bit. 
We are back, folks. This has been fun. Now, tomorrow's going to even be more fun with with Craig Kashan. Craig's been doing play-by-play. Um, he, I think Brian Anderson has been off doing some NBA for TBS, maybe. But Craig has uh, gotten to do play-by-play a little bit. He does the pregame. He does the Bucks game. The guy's everywhere. I mean, the old dude's like... And Craig's not old, but he's like been running a marathon. His tongue's hanging out. He's been doing everything 20 days in a row. Not Lou Gehrig, 56, but Joe DiMaggio. Come on, I'm thinking Lou Gehrig, but no, Lou Gehrig had a different streak. Lou played more than 56 games in a row. He played 2000, da 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 da. I should know that, but I don't. 2023, maybe? Off the top of my head, and my head's getting old. So we're back. How about the Cubs? Let's give a little credit. You know, a lot of my Cub fans out there are saying, dude, get off the suicide watch. Get off of the therapist table. The Cubs are good. And I say all the time consistently, they got no pitching. So here's the deal. As long as the bullpen is hot, I mean, they've given up one run in like 17 games and I mean they had a deal on Heidi Watney's show and I you know god I can't say enough about Heidi Watney and her show quick pitch guys gotta watch it everybody ought to watch it oh my god number one you can get all the highlights in a half an hour and uh you know I don't have to tell you anything else about Heidi Watney (laughs) so uh if you're not watching quick pitch then you're missing out. And um, she had a deal. Can can you name any relief pitcher on the Chicago Cubs besides Craig Kimbrell? And the answer would be a resounding, I don't think so. I couldn't even do it. Uh, week, W-I-E-C-K. They had a wick, then they had a week, a wick, wick, week. Week is back. He, he was in the trade for Carl Edwards Jr. I love Carl Edwards Jr. He's with the Braves. I don't know if he got designated again. I don't get what's wrong with Carl Edwards Jr., but he's got a ring. It's another guy. I got a bat. Come on, get back in the major leagues. Get my bat up to $25. I'm sure I paid more than that for your autograph, but what a nice guy. Threw a ball to my granddaughter. Man, oh, man, there's nobody nicer in my book than Carl Edwards Jr. So um, they have guys named Winkler that I had never heard of. They have guys named um, Tapera, who got the National League Relief Pitcher of the Month Award. They have Chafin. Dude is, you know, he he looks like um, a little baby Jimmy Buffett. He's awesome. I mean, he looks no more like a ball player than me. He comes out, he's got a big stash, he's got a pudgy body, throws this little left-handed crap, but I can't hit the guy. Uh, I don't know. Isn't there a singer named Chafin? I don't know. I had a I had a court-martial with a guy named, uh, no, it wasn't Chafin, it was Coffin. And I can't go into it now because of public relations. He could be a listener. Victor D. Coffin, that's right, V.D. Coffin. <laughs> he, had a, he had a host of interesting uh, issues come up in that court-martial, but we won. We won that court-martial. And if you like to hear about some of my political, no, my legal battles, 
not political, my legal battles, I refer you back to a podcast or two where we talked about the fate of the Kansas City Royals staying in Kansas City because of me and my firm, mostly me. We talked about the Omaha Royals staying in Omaha mostly because of moi and the College World Series staying in Omaha because of moi. So we're going to do a whole show about how I save baseball at various places, but I'm a modest guy. I'm not really trying to get too hammy. But I would like to talk about the Cub. There's two things I want to talk about as we finish this podcast in a little while. I'm having too much fun to stop. This is great. I haven't even had a... I had a Clements hot dog yesterday that I grilled myself. And I don't think Clements hot dogs is any longer the hot dog of the Milwaukee Brewers. Been replaced by Johnsonville. But let me tell you, I grilled it up. It kind of crunched when you bit into it, put some mustard on it. No bread. Eh, no bread anymore. It's good. So I give Clement hot dogs four uh, mustard stains. It was great. Go get up. Using our sausage is now available in, in uh, grocery stores across the country. Clements, these are good. When you cook them yourself, it's 100 times better than the stadium. I have yet to find a hot dog in a ballpark that's any better than mine. And I'm going to Comiskey, cellular rate, guaranteed rate, whatever it is. I'll be there. I'm going to go to Co-America Park. I'm going to sample some more dogs. I'm going to give these Wrigley folks a chance to get back. Anyway, back to the Cubs. And, God, it's just a great day. I mean, the Cubs are in first place by a game and a half. How in the world have the Cardinals floundered? Number one, Martinez is a head case. Number two, Flaherty is just on frigging fire. And number three, uh, guys are stepping up in the outfield. So I, for the life of me, uh, I'm so happy that St. Louis is struggling. But I think at the end of the year, the... Central Division of the uh, National League is going to have three teams in the playoffs, the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Cardinals again, if things keep going the way it is. Now, we're approaching where we ended the year last year at 60 games, and there were some sprinters, you know, like the Marlins were sprinters. They've fallen by the wayside because this is like the Belmont Stakes, and the Belmont Stakes are coming up this weekend. Notice how I segue into different sports. We've touched on the NBA. We've touched on horse racing. We've touched on Bob Baffert being suspended from Churchill Downs for two years. That's two more derbies. Bobby Boy won't be able to be at in attendance live and up close. Um, and now we're talking about baseball and the Cubs and Baez. And here's a profound thought that I had the other day. Profound. And I, I tell you what, it, it what makes Javi so exciting. He has an amazing ability to strike out. You know, he strikes out a lot. And there ain't no cheap strikeout with Javi Baez. I mean, the dude is going for the downs all the time. He, he has no concept of taking it to the opposite field very often. He has no concept about advancing a runner. He has no concept about, hey, I got two strikes. Let me choke up like Riz and try to put it in play. I got the guys on second and third, one out. All I got to do is hit a fly ball. Nope, he's trying to hit it out to Waveland Avenue every swing. 
And I think the thing that makes Javi Baez so valuable is that he is such a horrible hitter. <laughs> you go, wait, wait, that's not where I thought you were going on the lighter side of baseball. What do you mean he's a horrible hitter? He is so bad that it makes him dangerous because now you say, wait a minute, the guy's hitting 286. He's like third in the league in home runs. The reason that he's so good, the reason he gets so many good pitches to hit is because he strikes out a lot and everybody thinks they can strike him out. They don't even they don't even strategize on what pitch to strike him out with because if you threw slider down, slider down, slider down, you know, started at the catcher's outside, you know, the his right knee, but it would look like to the pitcher the left knee as the pitcher looks at the catcher, started out towards the left knee of your catcher and let it dive into the batter's box of a left-handed batter, and Javi Biles will swing at that 99% of the time and strike out. But what makes him so good is because he strikes out so much, guys pitch to him, and they don't, they don't like ever walk him. He doesn't, he rarely walks anyway. And so they're not throwing that slider down and away. I call it the Soriano pitch, Alfonso Soriano. If you threw that slider down and away to Soriano, he'd miss it. Boom, boom, boom. But, I mean, the guy's got, what, 450 home runs and a lot of good ones with the Cubs. And I have his bat. And people don't give Soriano much respect. It's kind of, uh, oh, I don't know, Aramis Ramirez, same deal. Great hitter, no respect. Soriano, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. He was with a couple different teams, but down and away, down and away, slider, slider, slider. Same with Baez. Now, with Javi, it's just unbelievably fun to watch him. So that brings me to my next issue, signability, free agency. As you all know, and we've talked and a lot of other people have talked, Chris Bryant is in his I'm free year. This is it. This is his walk year. This is what he's put it all together for. This is what he was so pissed about the Cubs and they're playing the game of don't bring him up until April 15th because we need him for another year. Well, we're in that year and I think Chris Bryant's got the collective middle finger up to Cubs management like, okay, you got me, I'll get you. So where they should assign this guy, a no-brainer, after he had a horrible year, they missed that opportunity, folks. The Bryant boat is gone. It's off the dock. It's heading down the road, and it's probably going to land somewhere in the National League East. Will that be the Mets? Will it be the Nationals? Or will it be the, um, the Phillies? I don't know, but I think... Chris Brown's gone. Shame on you, Mr. Ameritrade. How can you own Ameritrade in a, in a time like this when trades are going off the ramp? Computers are making a million trades a day. Do, 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 do. Uh, you know, they're dominating the market. There are, everybody's going through Ameritrade. And so the Ricketts family, in addition to, well, I won't get into politics, but the Ricketts family has made enough money to pay for all of the Cubs, go over the luxury tax and pay the luxury tax. Boo-hoo, no big deal. But they don't want to do that. So you got Chris Bryant. So you goodbye to him. Rizzo, they love. They're going to sign Rizzo. If they don't sign Rizzo, they can have my season ticket. 
you know, I'm mad at the Cubs about their marquee sports network. That sucks. Bad. Still bad. Still bad after all these things. How do you dump WGN, World's Greatest Network, WGN? That's what it stands for, World's Greatest Network. You heard it here. So that leaves two other free agents, Nelson Contreras, as Pat Hughes likes to call him. Uh, some call him Nelly Contreras. I, you know, he's Contreras. He's not Contreras. Uh, I think that's kind of degrading a little bit to speak Spanish on one syllable of one guy when you got all sorts of Hispanic names going around. But anyway, they like it. I mean, John Miller's great. I mean, that dude can sp- can speak Spanish, and he's uh, he's another great announcer that I forget about every now and then. But I remembered him today because John Miller is really really good, and he I, I like his Spanish. You know, he's enthusiastic Spanish, good Spanish speaker. So they sign Rizzo. They say goodbye to Chris Bryant. How do you do that? I don't know. That leaves Baez. And Contreras. Now, out of those four, the first guy that I would trade would be Javi Baez because you're going to get a bunch for that guy because people think he's better than he really is. And then Contreras, they go, well, we got this guy Amaya in the major, in the minor leagues. So we're going to get him. Or maybe they can work out a trade with Atlanta and get uh, his brother. Uh, Willie has a brother named Willie, and Willie's Wilson. His brother's Willie. It's kind of like the George Foreman. He had 14 kids named George. None of them won the heavyweight championship title. There's another reference to yet another segue into another sport, boxing. Remember when it used to be great with, you know, the heavyweight title fight? You'd wait up all night before somebody invented pay-per-view, to see Sonny Liston battle Floyd Patterson, or to see Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay fight Sonny Liston, or, um, God, on and on and on and on and on. The guys were house for Ernie Terrell, all these guys that you know weren't the stars, but you knew about them. And then the middleweight title fights were all, always good. Nino Benvenuti, what a great champion he was. Emil Griffith, Benny Kid Perrette, who was killed by Emil Griffith. Uh, in the ring, uh, man, and that reminds me of the movie Hurricane. Man, oh man, Reuben Hurricane Carter. What a great movie. What a sad story. But by God, he was set free, free at last. And that, that was one thing I loved about criminal laws, when you had somebody who wasn't guilty. <laughs> I never was that fortunate. But, you know, you believed that they were not guilty, and you tried as hard as you could, and I... I did try that, and I I did manage to eke out a few wins. Uh, the military was more than fair in criminal trials. But anyway, I segued now into military litigation, which I'll come back to the Cubs. So why haven't the Cubs signed all these guys? I don't know. How about we spend a little time with who's leading in the American League and the National League without really getting too specific because you can all go to the ESPN stats and you can see who's leading. But like Guerrero, man, he's on fire. Um, this guy Simeon with the uh, Blue Jays won the Player of the Month award. This guy um, in at Texas that's um, the home run hitting star that I'd never heard of. There's three or four guys that are in the top 10 or 15 of each category that I never heard of when the season started. And the Mariners have two or three of these guys. There's some young guys coming up that are getting called up because we're having so, so, so many injuries. 
Has anybody else noticed that? I mean, the Cubs have like 14 guys on the IL every time. I mean, something happened. Bodie separates his shoulder. Hayward, hammy, Hayward, hammy, Hayward, hammy. A lot of hammies going on. How about Jock Peterson with the Cubs? He's come. He's he's the Jock we thought he would be. Uh, let's talk about some of these other Cubs. Wisdom. Oh my God, he comes out of the gate doing great. Duffy got the Cubs turned around, and then he got hurt. Ortega's playing a pretty good right field. Higgins is still looking for his first major league hit. I, they need a backup catcher. I mean, they they do. They're going to be in trouble if they keep Higgins. And nothing against Higgins, but you got to produce. Um, Maris, Mar, Jake Marzanak is going to come back. Hayward's going to come back. Bodie's going to come back. I mean, Nico Horner. My God, most of their team is on the IL, and they had their best month of the uh, maybe ever. And so does that tell you anything? Maybe they ought to get rid of some of these studs, but not the core four. No, not the core four. But tomorrow we're going to explore what I thought was a horrible trade for Willie Adamas. Uh, we're going to try to get a hold of uh, uh, Dwayne Stats and talk about how in the world the Rays keep killing the Yankees. Man, 10-2 and two, uh, at Yankee Stadium over the last couple of years. Man, oh man, or the last year. I don't know. Um, it's exciting. I mean, baseball is back. The balls are flying out. And, you know, whether the ball's juiced or the players are juiced, something's juiced because... The balls are leaving the park, and I haven't done a statistical analysis, but I dare say that I bet it's pretty close between 2019 and uh, and this year. So there you have it. I mean, I think this has been a fun, upbeat for those of you who say, how come you're so grumpy? I'm not grumpy. The Cubs are in first place. The Brewers are right behind them. The Cardinals got shellacked last night. How in the world does that not make you happy? The um, Rays are playing great baseball. The A's are playing pretty good baseball. The streaks, uh, you know, look at Baltimore. Oh, my God. It's like when Frank Robinson took over and they lost 20 in a row. They're they're moving toward that. They may have won last night. They had a 6-3 to three lead in the ninth inning. I didn't check to see if they won. But there are some huge streaks on both directions. The Diamondbacks are pathetic. The, how did the how did the Orioles beat the Red Sox in the opening weekend three in a row? You know, scratch your head. It's it's weird. Um, some teams are responding now that the weather's heating up, the balls are flying out, uh, the Blue Jays are playing pretty good baseball. But the surprise of all surprises, besides the Cubs, although I predicted it, now. If you listen to Craig's and my prediction show, I gotta say, sorry, Cub fans, I did not predict that the Cubs would win the division. I predicted St. Louis would win the division. But I don't know. Right now, if I had to pick and choose, I would say that either the, well, the Cubs, Brewers, or Cardinals, they're all gonna be good. But how about the Yastrzemski? Yeah, Yaz is back, and I don't mean Carl, but his grandson, Michael. Mike Yastrzemski is back and leading the uh, San Francisco Giants. Now, you would have thought the Padres and the Dodgers would run away with it, but not so fast. No, 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 no. It is the San Francisco Giants who begin a four-game series at AT AT&T Park on the water near McCovey Cove 
tonight against the Chicago Cubs. And uh, so far, the Giants are playing it pretty loose on who's going to pitch during this series. Although tonight, um, I think it's going to be a pretty good matchup, depending on, you know, which Arietta shows up. But I think that um, we're looking for a good game. It's kind of late. I don't know if I'll be able to uh, set my alarm and stay awake. But Davies is pitching tonight against a guy named, boy, Disiafani. Now he's 4-2 with a 3.5 ERA, so I had to know his name. Tomorrow night it's Arietta, and the Giants aren't going to have a pitcher. The next night it's Cole Stewart, who came in for the appendix-ridden uh, Trevor Williams. And Cole Stewart pitches five good innings and gets a win. How about that? Huh? Man, where are these guys coming from? The Cubs farm system isn't known for being that spectacular. But, they're. I mean, Alcantara, trade bias. This guy's good. Alcantara is a stud. And, you know, the Padres got swept at Wrigley, and they look like a drowned puppy dog when, you know, Hosmer makes an error to, you know, let a run score. The third baseman can't come up with the handle. It wasn't, I think it was Machado. Machado goes out to be the rover, and there's a ball hit out in the right field for a base hit, but, oh, no, the rover's out there, red rover, red rover, Machado, Feels it cleanly, picks it up, does a little turn, and then like a hot dog dog that he is, he throws about 40 feet wide of first base. <laughs> Another error. Man, the Padres are asleep. Now, will they rally and sweep the Cubs at home when they're back next week? Maybe. Maybe not. On Sunday, the Cubs come up with Hendricks. Luckily, he's not hurt. He looked a little funny like he tweaked something. Uh, in his side yesterday when he came out. But he got the win yesterday. He's hotter than a pistol. And that's not a comment on gun control. He's 6-1, and one, I think, over his last seven decisions. So that's pretty good. So we have a great June heating up to the All-Star break. We've got Craig Kishan coming up tomorrow, which is going to be fun. And so for all you folks out there who have wondered, where in the world did Jamie go with this lighter side of baseball? I went to nowhere. Major League Baseball, the Cubs haven't been too exciting to go to the games. They're at 60% capacity. They haven't released the ticket information for the Cardinals series. I'm going. I don't care where I sit, what it costs. I'll be there sampling hot dogs without a bun. And um, I'm trying to think of what else I can eat that doesn't have. I don't even know what gluten is. I'm staying away from gluten. Staying away. I don't want any gluten. In fact, I try not to eat any carbs. I don't know why. My son told me, Brad, who's been on the podcast, not Andrew, not the gambler. Oh, the gambler. Speaking of this, and I hope there's nobody with the IRS out there. Andrew. I talked to Andrew, and we are talking about the Derby and the Belmont Stakes and the Preakness. The dude hit the super trifecta in the Derby. Yes, it landed him a pretty penny in his checking account. But, as we all know, if you gamble long enough, you go down the river. And I don't mean the turn card and the river and all that and poker. Although he's pretty good at poker, too. Uh, anyway, for all you guys that want to talk to Andrew about sports betting, his, his number is... No, I'm not going to give out his number. I can't do that. But what I can do is tell you to listen to this. Listen to the last few podcasts. It's been, been uh, fun, but 
Baseball's been boring. Now, where was I when the Cubs won 18 and 8 in May? I, you know, I might have been catching up, working on the new new house, new whatever. But I'm back. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm looking for the all-star excitement. The Cubs have a rough stretch, you Cub fans out there. If the Cubs take on the Marlins in there in first place, then we are in good shape for the rest of the season. They play the Cardinals. They play the Giants. They play the Dodgers. They play the Padres away. They play a lot of good teams here in the next month. And I said, we'll have a good idea about the Cubs when they finish up this road trip and then after the Cardinal series, which is the 10th, 11th, and 12th, I believe, when we get to June 12th, we'll have a pretty good idea. When we get to the All-Star break, we'll have a really good idea. Are they buyers or sellers? What do they do with Chris Bryant? What do they do with Nelson Contreras? What do they do with Anthony Rizzo? What do they do with uh, Javi Baez? Those things and many more. But for the time being, enjoy the Boston Red Sox. Enjoy the Tampa Bay Rays. Enjoy the San Francisco Giants. Enjoy the Cubs. And enjoy your local teams, the Padres. For you Padre fans out there, things will, you know, the ship will get righted. you got too good a team. But this six-man pitching rotation, I don't get it. I don't get it. Get your five guys. If you need to skip it and give a guy a rest, then do a bullpen game. But don't rely on that. And how about tomorrow I want to talk about Woodruff and Burns. Not, uh, you know, that sounds like, who was Deep Throat? Woodward and uh, Woodward and the other guy. Bernstein? Benson? Woodward and... Anyway, Woodruff, <laughs> not Woodward. Anyway, whoever they are, they're pitching lights out. Woodruff, DeGrom, Cole, man, pitching is alive and well. The good guys are really good. The balls are flying out. The good hitters are really good. Everybody's kind of peeking out. The no-hitters have kind of subsided here over the last couple of weeks, and so baseball's kind of fun to watch, although it's still taking three, three and a half hours, occasionally four. You know, I'm going to have to live with that. We're going to have to live with that. I did get... For up here in Wisconsin, I can watch every game and listen to any announcer I want on the TV broadcast. Woo-hoo-hoo, that's great. I love it. And eat my hot dogs. Why even go out? I can watch baseball all day long. When there's a lull, I can go out and putz around in my pontoon boat looking for a fish, although I don't fish. And I can come back and cook up some Clement sausage. I bet I can find some Moosinger sausage when I go to Milwaukee. I am so excited. On my streak, you're going, well, how in the world are you on a on a Joe DiMaggio diet when you're eating all this stuff, and it's called No Sugar, Zero Carbs, guys. You heard it here. You heard it from me. The mustard man, the guy who has this mustard stain hot dog eating contest going, and we're going to pick it up. So for Jamie Resky and nobody else, no sponsors, no co-hosts, no nobody, just me today, my goodness gracious, life is good. So if you're on the golf course, hit him straight. If you're not on the golf course, make a tee time. At any rate, 
Enjoy life, and we will talk to you soon. For the Lighter Side of Baseball, enjoy this music. And thanks to our production crew, headed up by Tyler Preston, who is just about ready with our new webpage. Yes, you can find us at thelightersideofbaseball.com, I'm sure. When it's announced and ready, we'll go off to the races. There'll be plenty about my legal career. I know everybody wants to know about it, so that's it. You loyal listeners out there, you're the best. And until the next podcast, which is going to be tomorrow, go Cubs, go Brewers, go Pods, go anybody. Just go see some baseball. And speaking of that, I am going to go to the Wisconsin Woodchucks. They're back in business, the Northwoods League. So enough of this sporadic conversation. I'm out until tomorrow. So enjoy it. See you later. Be healthy, be safe, and go Cubs. Go Cubs.